Welcome back to What Happens to You After You Die. Trust you're enjoying your time spent in your mini church with each other learning about these important uh, biblical doctrines. In the first lesson, you may recall, we looked at some key passages in scripture that deal with death and afterlife. And this time together, I'd like to look at some key terms, some key uh, words that have specific meanings that tie into the whole concept of what happens to you after you die. The first uh, key term I'd like to share with you is Sheol. It's also called Hades. Sheol or Hades. This is the intermediary place of temporary confinement of souls after death. Unregenerate souls wait in an unnamed portion of Sheol or Hades until the great white throne judgment of Revelation 20 verses 11 to 15. Regenerate souls waited in a portion called paradise, according to Luke uh, 23, verse 43, also called Abraham's bosom, Luke 16, verse 22, until the resurrection of Christ. Since Christ's resurrection, the believer's souls go immediately to heaven, according to Philippians 1, uh, 23, and 2 Corinthians 5, verses 1 through 8. So the first key term I wanted to expand with you is the term Sheol, otherwise known as Hades. The second term is Gehenna, also known as Lake of Fire, also known as Hell. So what is Gehenna, Lake of Fire, Hell? It is the final place of eternal punishment for unbelieving dead persons. Its first occupants are to be the beast and the false prophet, according to Revelation 19, verse 20. Satan and the unbelieving dead join these two there, 1,000 years later, Revelation 20, verse 10, verse 14, and verse 15. Also, Matthew 10, verse 28, Mark 9, verse 43 to 48. So once again, Gehenna is also known as the lake of fire, is also known as hell. It is the final place of eter eternal punishment for the unbelieving dead. Its first occupants will be the beast and the false prophet, Revelation 19.20, and then Satan and all the unbelieving dead of all the eras will join these two there 1,000 years later. That is Gehenna, Lake of Fire, Hell. The next term I'd like to share with you is the exact opposite of Gehenna, Lake of Fire, and Hell. It's the wonderful concept of heaven, uh, the New Jerusalem. This, of course, is the matchless place of God's presence and blessing. We can read about heaven in 2 Corinthians 5, 8, in Philippians 1, verse 23, John 14, verses 1 through 8, and Revelation chapter 21, the whole chapter, through Revelation 22 and verse 5. So we've seen Sheol, also known as Hades. We've seen Gehenna, Lake of Fire, or Hell. We've also seen Heaven, otherwise known as the New Jerusalem. The next term I want to share with you is the Great White Throne Judgment. The Great White Throne Judgment is the final judgment 
of all of the eras and ages, unbelievers, which will sentence them to an eternity in hell, eternal death. The key passage on that event is Revelation 20, verses 11 to 15. Moving on with other key terms. And the next one to share with you is the judgment seat of Christ in Greek, bima. Bima, or the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ, bima, is the judgment of the church age's believers based on their works and their walk, which results either in imparted or withheld rewards from Jesus the judge. This is very important. The great white throne judgment of Revelation 20 is only for the unredeemed, those who never took Christ as Savior. No Christian will stand before Christ at the great white throne judgment. On the other hand, previous to the great white throne judgment, near the beginning of the tribulation on earth, while we are with Christ in heaven, will be another kind of judgment, the judgment seat of Christ, or the bema. This is a judgment only for born-again Christians. No lost people will be at that judgment. At the bema, or the judgment seat of Christ, our work and our motives in the service we did for Jesus on earth will be evaluated. And either graciously Christ will give us reward in the future thousand-year kingdom with him on earth, or he will determine that he will withhold reward from us based on the uh, poor quality or motivation of our work and service for him while we were on earth. Every Christian will enter the kingdom of Christ, the millennial kingdom. Every one of us will enter it, but not all of us will be rewarded in it so as to somehow inherit part of it as a reward. It's like uh, the house we sold in Pennsylvania. It's one thing for us to have invited people into that house for a time of dinner or lunch and fellowship. It's quite another thing for us to include their name on the title of the house. Every Christian will enter the millennial kingdom. Not every Christian will inherit a part of that kingdom as a reward. So the key term I'm trying to teach you is the uh, judgment seat of Christ, or the bema. Moving on to another term, resurrection. Uh, it's a Christian term. It's a distinctively Christian term. Resurrection is a biblical term. Uh, we don't believe in annihilation. We don't believe that when a person dies, they stop existing. We don't believe in reincarnation, that somehow persons die over and over and over and over again, coming back as different beings, depending on karma, whether they're getting improvement in the being they become or, or bad karma getting worse off as a being every time they come back to life. No, the church believes the Bible and the Bible teaches resurrection. And resurrection is the reversal of death. It's the permanent reanimation of a dead body. That's resurrection. That's what happened to our Lord and Savior. John 11, uh, 25 and 26, Jesus talks about being the resurrection and the life. And that he who believes in him, though he were dead, yet shall he live after being dead. That is resurrection. 
still with resurrection, all will be resurrected. Every person will be resurrected. But the destiny of believers after resurrection is heaven, and the destination of unbelievers after resurrection is hell, two totally opposite uh, destinations. Still with key terms. Uh, to get more specific, I've just taught you what resurrection is. Now let me teach you the term the resurrection of life versus the resurrection of judgment. Let me tear them apart into two pieces. The first piece, what is the resurrection of life, also known as the first resurrection? What is that? It's a type of resurrection. It's a kind of resurrection. And it's the kind of bodily resurrection reserved only for believers. And it's the kind of bodily resurrection that always results in eternal life, which is total fulfillment in the presence of God. Key passages teaching on the resurrection of life, also known as the first resurrection, would be John 5, 28 and 29, Luke 14, 13 and 14, Revelation 20, verses 4 through 6. So that's one kind of resurrection, the kind of resurrection that you want to have a part in, because it's a resurrection to heaven. It's a resurrection to God's presence. It's a great kind of resurrection. On the other side of the coin, there's equally true a resurrection of judgment, also called the second resurrection. This is the kind or the variety or the type of resurrection which is reserved for unbelievers in Jesus. And this kind of resurrection results in eternal death, it results in conscious torture and separation from God's presence forever in a place the Bible calls hell. Very serious. Two kinds or types of resurrection, one to life, one to judgment. The first resurrection is the variety to life. The second resurrection is the variety of a resurrection to judgment. One more term I'd like to uh, explain to you. It's the resurrection body. The resurrection body is the new, eternal, glorious, Christ-like body which every resurrected believer in Jesus will possess. It's new, it's eternal, it's glorious, it's Christ-like. And every single believer in the Lord Jesus will be given such a resurrection body. Now we know that whatever this resurrection body is, this glorified body is, that it'll be recognizable, we'll know each other in heaven. So let me give you some scriptures that we can consider when talking about this resurrection body, this new, eternal, glorious, imperishable, Christ-like body. We ought to look at places like 1 Corinthians 15, verses 35 to 50, that's an extended passage. We ought to look at places like 2 Corinthians 5, verses 1 to 4, and we ought to look at Philippians 3, verse 21, just to name a few. And you'll get a chance to do that in your mini church uh, discussion time shortly. Last time we were together, 
I commended to you the book One Minute After You Die, a preview of Your Final Destination by Erwin Lutzer. I still commend that book to you. It's is a general book to read on in this whole topic of what happens to you after you die. Another book I'd like to commend to you for the first time in our series is Heaven, Heaven by Randy Alcorn. It's quite a comprehensive look at what heaven will be like, and uh, I, f I think you'll find it very informative and very helpful if you have uh, lots of questions about what the scriptures teach about heaven. Enjoy your time studying the key terms that we've been looking at on this video lesson.